Had you actually read the email, you would know that the podcast you are about to listen to could contain explicit language and offensive content. These HR experts' views are not representative of their past, present, or future employers. If you've ever heard, my manager is unfair to me, I need you to reset my HR portal password, or can I write up my employee for crying too much? Welcome to our little safe zone. Welcome to Jaded HR. Welcome to Jaded HR, the podcast by two HR professionals who want to help you get through the workday by saying all the things you're thinking, but say them out loud. I'm Warren Workman. And this is Chris Feathers. All righty. Well, another fun week in the books or a couple weeks since we last put out an episode. Have a lot of good things. We got another review. I want right. to tell you. Yeah, uh, it was a five-star review. Uh-oh. No comments. Oh, yeah. Come like, on. Yeah, I wanted. I want the comments. I want to hear. We love you. You know, or what, <laughs> if you're going to give us a five star review, once again, like that dude who gave us a one star review. Your I, voice is so smoky and nice. I like it. <laughs> I listen to you just before sexy time every night. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> I think you should uh, delete that out of there. <laughs> but uh, I, I don't know. I want to know what what we did to get your five star review. So thank you for the five star review. Also. I'm going to, I want to get this name correct. So I'm actually going to pull it up real quick. Someone mentioned us on Instagram. Did it, where'd my Instagram go? Come on, old man. You know, you I have know. your social media ready to go. You know, I, my, our social media is, is so bad because I am not a social media hound. Okay. Rebecca UBS UBS on Instagram tagged us in her story and said that we're her new favorite podcast. So thank you, Rebecca. Look forward to having you as a longtime listener, but keep spreading the word, everybody. Let your friends know about us and put your reviews out there and engage with us on social media. So anyways, got a lot of stuff going on today, but I've been sort of fascinated by some cases, EEO cases that have been in the news lately. And I wanted to bring some of those up. And I, in a, a few earlier episodes, I've, I've mentioned I do have some fortunate or unfortunate experience being involved in an EEO law type lawsuit. And uh, it is what it is, when really what it comes down to. But the, the cases I want to talk about today are where the EEOC actually takes the case. And you know, it's basically going to be a slam dunk when the EEOC takes the case themselves rather than issuing the right to sue because they're not going to get mucked around in a long lawsuit. Actually, I read a story about it, one they got mucked around in because they didn't have all the facts before they, they did it. But still, they got a couple of new ones. So from Eric Meyer, the Employer Handbook blog is where the story I got the story from. Symphony of Joliet, a nursing home and rehabilitation center and long-term care facility in Joliet, Illinois. They're the, the target of this lawsuit and investigation. Julian Brown, the district director for the EEOC's office in Chicago, said that the EEOC's pre-suit investigation revealed that Symphony had a written policy required pregnant women to disclose their pregnancies, 
There was no similar written policy for other non-pregnant employees to disclose their medical information. Further, pregnant employees were forced to get doctor's notes saying they could work without restrictions, even if they didn't ask for an accommodation. Pregnant employees who did have restrictions and had not worked for Symphony for a year were fired, and Symphony categorized them as ineligible for rehire. And Ms. Bowman from the EOC stated, this is the kind of disparate treatment of pregnant employees backed up by a written policy of that is unlawful discrimination, plain and simple. And yes, that's a slam dunk case, people. If you have that, that written policy, I, I want to know. It, it's a nursing home, a rehab center. They've got to have a sizable workforce. And I would assume, maybe incorrectly, that they would have a sizable you know, an HR staff or at least a small one. If How do you get a written policy like that? Whose dumb idea was it? And, and like they even said in the thing, they had a written, backed up by written policy. So that's like, yep, here it is. Here's our illegal practice right here in writing for you. <laughs> so you're making assumptions again. I go back to my comment from a couple weeks ago about calling us professionals. But you're making an assumption here that a professional HR person actually was a part of writing that policy. I feel like HR person had nothing to do with writing that policy. And then it was somebody said, hmm, this just sounds like a good idea. If you're pregnant, you know what? I don't want you. We're going to figure out a way to make sure you're not in the symphony or wherever wherever you're working. Doesn't matter. I'm going to get you out. <laughs> and we've got it in writing. And we got it in writing. And here you go. And by the way, here's our written policy. You signed it in the handbook. So I need to make sure you go to your doctor and get your notes here for your accommodations. I don't care if you need one or not. You go get your note. Yeah. Like, come on, jackass. <laughs> but uh, somebody somewhere along the line has got to have said, yeah, this doesn't smell right. I, 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 I just, I just don't know. How do you get away with this? It's, it's just mind blowing. And I'm, I'm sure that symphony is not the only company out there who has such bad practices, bad policies or anything like that. So if you, if you know of a bad policy out there, Please uh, share it with us. Put us uh, contact us on Instagram. Send us a DM. Let us know. Hey, I've heard of this policy. That would make some really great or some great stories. But <laughs> but hold on, the guy that's ready to pimp our um, our social media who had to go find the social media post to uh, thank the person for liking our podcast. So, yeah, yeah, I had to yeah, take five yeah, minutes to do yeah, that. Please yeah, please send us something. We promise, like in the next month or so, we might get no. to it because our social media presence is so strong. <laughs> no, I, I'm on, I'd read, I'm a lurker. I'm a good social oh, media lurker. lurker. Okay. All right. You know, uh, I don't, I just don't actively post. Uh, I check it every day, but I, I don't, I don't actively post, which I, I really need to do. So, but if you think that one was bad, but wait, there's more. There's always more. There's, there's always, always the next idiot. This one also came to me, I believe, yes, from Eric Meyer in the uh, employer handbook. Autos of Dallas is a Plano-based retailer of luxury vehicles. Car salesman Jonathan Sellers, who is black, attended a December 2019 holiday party in which management called him to the front of the room and handed Sellers a trophy, labeling him as, I shit you not, the employee least likely to be seen in the dark. This is by far one of the worst fucking things I've ever seen in my entire life. I, I, I so bad want to laugh. Because not because of what the employer did, 
but because it's so fucking stupid. It's, it's like stupid's putting it nicely. Like, this is fucking atrocious. I mean, absolutely atrocious. I mean, oh, I don't even know where to start. Like that. My blood's boiling just thinking about like if I'm in the back of the room and, and I'm the HR manager and this happens, like I'm throwing shit at that manager as me as I can. Going, you're a fucking idiot. You just ruined all of us. <laughs> I'm not going to have a job tomorrow. Th- thanks no, to you. No, Thank no, you very yeah. much. Every, yeah, yeah. Go ahead and pack your shit up now because we're all done. Like, I, you know, we're all done. If you're a fran- fan of The Office and the Dundee Awards, and as inappropriate as Michael Scott and his Dundee Awards went with the the tightest ass and the sexiest employee and all this other fun stuff, this this blows that out of the way. But from the EEOC letter, sellers and other employees in attendance found the trophy profoundly offensive. Sellers complained about the trophy to the general manager, who told them the trophy was just a joke. <laughs> no, can this can it get worse? Hold on, there's more. Yes, let's make this worse. Oh, this is a joke. It's fine. It's just a joke. Yeah, no remedial action was taken in response to his complaints. And after uh, sellers returned to work uh, following the holiday party, other employees teased him. And one employee told sellers he needed to smile to be seen in a poorly lit section of the dealership. <laughs> stupidity I don't, breeding I don't, I don't stupidity have, I don't have words. to the nth degree. I, yeah, I, just, I, I don't have words. Like, Really? <laughs> yeah. I just don't. I mean, I think this literally has rendered me speechless. I'm like, you're a fucking moron all around. And Okay. Some backwards people out in the world, they're going to have these backwards thoughts. And, but don't vocalize them. Don't vocalize them in front of other people. And then don't double down on it by saying it's a joke. I mean, you know, oh, geez, I'm sorry. I didn't, you know, that was very poor judgment on my part. I am so sorry, da-da-da-da-da. You know, there's not enough apology you can give after that cat's out of the bag. It's just, wow. But, of course, the, the whole crux of the situation is the defendants, auto sales of Dallas, should have properly responded to the complaints made by sellers about the holiday party. And just once you have a a complaint, the employer is obligated to take prompt and effective remedial measures in response to complaints about discrimination. And obviously they did not. Uh, It's just, it it blows my mind. And I, I didn't put it in my notes, but I think the Jonathan Sellers, he ended up resigning from the company. And you know, this is another thing going completely off script here. So these people resigned from the company and it's, they're sort of in a damn, if you do damn, if you don't situation because, Oh, you resigned. Okay. You fixed your own problem. Da, 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 da. But it doesn't unchange what it was the bell that was wrong with the, the initial comment. I don't know. I just, I just think this was attorney. I'm going to reference next. John Hyman has the uh, worst employers in America contest every year i i want to see autos of dallas placed on that list it's it's just it's really really speechless i I can't know i'm still i'm still like not even sure what to say right now i i just like yeah what the fuck yeah (laughs) and did any i i would love to know did any other person in this company go hey 
boss, uh, yeah, you might want to, you know, try and walk that one back. You can't walk that back, but you might want to try doing something just to see that people can be just that absolute stupid. It, what, it shouldn't the, amaze me, but it does. What the guy get in Fight Club, like the salary for a year and he could travel all over the place, like. Auto, this auto company needs to give him like the fanciest car they have, and like I, I don't even know something else. It's like, and that doesn't even make up for it. No, that's I'm, just that's just like uh, my my bad until you sue me. <laughs> yeah, please, because you're gonna win. <laughs> you're gonna win <laughs> doing it at a holiday party in front of other people. I mean that that's just here's the wound, here's some salt. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Ah uh, ah. Uh. So. Getting things a little lighter is that it's hard to be jaded about that, but it's just <laughs> how. <laughs> oh, I'm actually, I mean, what I'm jaded as if there was an HR manager there, like I'm jaded for that person. <laughs> I hope there was an open bar at that Christmas party. Is that HR person just? <laughs> I'll take the whole fucking bottle. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna Give walk out the door. I'm gonna walk out the door with it because I got to start looking for a new job. <laughs> I uh, yeah, this uh, um. I shouldn't be surprised, but I am. So, moving on, talking about vaccinations. This is sort of a two-part story. So, John Hyman of the Ohio Employer Law Blog, he wrote a post on June 2nd of this year, so just a couple of days ago. Post title was, 117 employees are about to learn what it feels like to lose a lawsuit in spectacular fashion. So, the crux of the story is Houston Methodist Hospital had 117 uh, employees sue them because they mandated the vaccine. One of their lines uh, of the, the, the complainants was their employer is illegally requiring employees to be injected with experimental vaccine as a condition of employment. The lawsuit adds the hospital's vaccine requirements violates the Nuremberg Code and the public policy of the state of Texas. Just to, to back you up a little bit and put you in the mindset of what these complainants are saying. The Nuremberg Code came after Nazi Germany, something that's completely not funny, when they were doing all their human ex- experiments on their captives and, and, and such like that. So they, they put a Nuremberg Code is to prevent, prevent genetic te- or medical testing, unwilling medical testing on people. So that's what they're, they're equating this to. Well, fast forward a whole whopping 12 days, uh, on June 14th, John Hyman wrote a post, and the title of the post was, It took all of 12 days for 117 employees to learn what it feels like to lose a lawsuit in spectacular fashion. <laughs> uh, in spectacular fashion. <laughs> it's just completely fabulous. But, uh, <laughs> uh, it, it's like, it, you know, it's like making lawsuits a spectator sport, watching some of these things. So, you know, get the popcorn out. <laughs> you know, here's the play-by-play commentator. <laughs> oh. Here comes the judge with a quick reaction. Oh no, you're thrown out already. <laughs> you're case dismissed. dismissed. You're out of here. So he he went through the reasons why in, in his initial post. He went through the reasons why the case would be dismissed and lost in spectacular fashion. And then he added one that I didn't really think of too much when in his first group, but on the, his second posting, he put, finally, I'll leave you with what's the most central reason uh, this lawsuit failed. These employees are at will. Their employer does not owe them a job, period. The, the plaintiffs have not been coerced. 
even though the plaintiffs say they are being forced to be injected with a vaccine or be fired. That's not coercion. If a worker refuses an assignment, changed office, earlier start time, or other directive, he or she may be properly fired. Every employment includes limits on the worker's behavior in exchange for his remuneration. That's all part of the uh, bargain. And I do have a little bit of experience in this. For a whopping six months, I worked as the HR manager at a hospital, and they there are any number of vaccinations that you have to have, uh, even me as an HR person had to have in order to work at the hospital. It's a matter of public safety, public health, and nobody had a problem with it. And I think in the medical profession, you know, that was my first and only experience working in the medical profession, but in that profession, I think it's expected. It just seemed like, I think I was only there six months, so I didn't get to experience it, but I think that we had to get TB tests twice a year while we were there. And we flu shots were mandatory. There was no, no two ways about it. But yeah, I just see this as you filed a lawsuit. What were you expecting to get out of this? I, I don't think that they're doing illegal human experimentation on you by any stretch of the, the imagination. But um, people just get get over get over it for if once again well I'll, I'll get to this in one of the later stories I want to cover. You don't have to agree if you want to work in a hospital or someplace that says hey you need to have a vaccination to work here. You have the choice to make. You either want to work there or you do not want to work there, and that's the end of the matter. I just in, in my non jaded sense. Uh-oh. What attorney actually took this on? <laughs> what attorney said, you know what? This is a good idea. Let's, yeah, let's, let's go. Let's figure out this case makes sense or not. One, one of those ter- attorneys you see on daytime TV who we're going <laughs> to sue, we're going to get, you know, bare knuckles and, uh, you know, whatever, uh, get the most money for you. That's the one you're going to see. I'm just thinking, Really? Really, Mr. Attorney, Mr. Mrs. Mr. Whatever, whatever Saul Goodman. pronoun you want to use ahead ahead of it, like salutation. <laughs> but come on, like even I know better than this, and I didn't go to law school. <laughs> but yeah, you know. But it, it, but hey, they lost it in spectacular fashion. I mean, that's that's the key. Yes, there. that's the quote. In just twelve fashion. days, in twelve days, they lost in spectacular fashion. <laughs> And it's at will. So you know what? You might not have a job anymore. Or maybe you don't have a job anymore. I mean, that, that was the, the whole crux of the matter, that they didn't get their shot. They were going to be fired. And these people decided to try and coerce the employer, basically, by saying, no, we're not going to do it. So I have another one. And this one date is a little bit older. It was in my show notes. I was looking for topics. And I had this in my show notes that we never covered before. If I if I recall correctly, you are a fan of a particular football team based in our nation's capital. Is that correct? Yeah, the Redskin Potatoes. I'm definitely a fan of that. <laughs> yes, I when I paid attention to uh, pro football, that was the team I I followed, the Washington Redskins. But with with full disclaimer, I do not support the owner of said oh, organization. Absolutely. And I've been to a game since said owner has been the owner, so I did unfortunately pay for the ticket. However, when I got inside the stadium, my buddies asked me if I wanted a beer. I said, nope. They asked me if I wanted a bottle of water. I said, nope. I said, I refuse to give that man. I don't care if it's a quarter out of that beer sale. It goes into his pocket. 
It's not getting it for me. Your $12 beer, I, you know, Dan's, uh, I, I guess you don't want to mention yep. the person's name. It's sort of like Voldemort here. Right. <laughs> so said owner of, of, of my beloved childhood Washington Redskin potatoes um, will not get a penny off of this gentleman for the rest of my life. Well, I, going off topic, I really think that said owner is very childish in his I've lost taste for all professional sports, I think, other than baseball at this point in my life. But anyways, so this is uh, from February 2021. The Washington football team laid off, or as they put the term, put the program on pause of the entire cheerleading squad. What did they do, you might ask? Well, they had a Zoom call. They notified people at 3.30 that they needed to be online for a very important Zoom call at 4 o'clock. So I gave them a whole lot of notice. They do the Zoom call and all the participants were muted during the call. Basically, they were told they were laid off. Immediately following the Zoom meeting, all the cheerleaders were received an email from HR stating, thank you for your hard work during this unique season. As previously mentioned on your call earlier, we're in the process of reimagining our game day experience. And okay, layoffs happen. This is not unique to the Washington cheerleaders or anything, especially during this COVID time. Uh, a lot of people lost their jobs, but uh, to do it in a mass Zoom call and to, to pe- keep people on mute and only give them a heads up, not like a regularly scheduled meeting or anything like that, but it gets better. The Well, let's remember too, this isn't their main job. No, no. So, so they're like at their own place of employment going, Hey, jump on this call at four o'clock and I'm giving you half an hour's notice. Yeah. Cindy Minatini, I hope I'm saying that correct. The counsel for the Washington football team who her job has not been fun. I'm sure to pass <laughs> this past no. year added no. our decision to pause now was ultimately made with respect for the time and talent of our cheerleaders. We didn't think it would be fair or respectful to select a new squad, have them start practicing, and then pause the program once the new VP uh, was hired and uh, the game day experience review began. So they they did it for the, they laid them off for themselves for for in their best interests. I, I just love that line. We're, we're doing it because this will help you. I, I just how how many. Bad practices can the old Washington football team have? I mean, they've already had all the allegations of sexual misconduct, sexual harassment at the upper levels there. And uh, just, you know, you you think somebody would say, you know, let's not have the spotlight on us for just a few (laughs) minutes so that we can right our ship a little bit before just taking on more. I, I just I just can't fathom that the cheerleaders don't get paid a hell of a lot. And I think the, that little baby football team owner can cover their salaries for a little bit while they, like I said, you've got a lot of stuff going on. And that attorney is probably, she, she's got a, a, no shortage of work on her desk from everything else that's going on there. <laughs> no, she's, she has ample things to do. Job security, baby. <laughs> that's, what, yes. that's what she's saying. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's the job security I want, but it's job security. Uh, well, we've we've highlighted a few bad employers and people that uh, have sort of gotten in trouble. But here's a story that, and I, I'm going to cover this. I'm going to actually read a letter verbatim. 
Hopefully I can read it without stumbling all upon myself like a fool. Uh, but Basecamp, and this goes back to April of this year. Basecamp got a lot of fire. I didn't even see this when it initially happened. I just saw on social media people talking about how bad and awful and everything Basecamp was. So I wanted to dig into this a little bit and find out more. So on April 26, Basecamp CEO Jason Freed wrote, uh, at Basecamp, we treat our company as a product, not a rigid thing that exists. It's a flexible, malleable idea that evolves. We aren't stuck with what we have. We can create what we want. We, just as we improve production through iteration, we iterate our company too. Recently, we've made some internal company decisions, the company changes, which taken in total collectively feel like a full version change. It deserves an announcement. In the product world, not all changes are enjoyed by all customers. Some changes are immediately appreciated. Some changes take time to steep, settle in, and get acquainted with. And some, some changes never quite feel right, and they may even be deal breakers. The same is true when changing your company, except the customers are the employees. And when you get to a certain count, customers or employees or both, there's no pleasing everyone. You can't. There's too many unique perspectives, experiences, and individuals. As Huxley offers in The Doors of Perception, we live together, we act on, we react to one another, but always, in all circumstances, we are by ourselves. The martyrs go hand in hand into the arena. They are crucified alone. Embraced, the lovers desperately try to fuse their insulated ecstasies into a single self-transcendence in vain. By its very nature, very embodied spirit is doomed to suffer and enjoy in solitude. I'm not that deep of a person. That's a pretty deep quote there. <laughs> Heavy, yes, but insightful. Absolutely. A relevant reminder. We make uh, individual choices. We all want different somethings. Some slightly different, some substantially. Companies, however, must settle the collective difference, pick a point, and navigate towards somewhere, lest they get stuck circling nowhere. With that, we wanted to pull these uh, directional changes on to the public record. Historically, we've tried to share as much with you as we can for us and for you. So this transmission continues in that tradition. Number one, no more societal and political discussions on our company Basecamp account. Today's social and political waters are especially choppy. Sensitivities are at 11 in every discussion remotely related to politics, advocacy, or society at large quickly spins away from pleasant. You shouldn't have to wonder if staying out of it means you're complicit or wading into it means you're a target. These are difficult enough waters to navigate in life, but significantly more so at work. It became too much. It's a major distraction. It saps our energy and redirects our dialogue towards dark places. It's not healthy, and it hasn't served us well, and we're done with it at our company. Basecamp account where the work happens. People can take conversations with willing co-workers to Signal, WhatsApp, or even a personal Basecamp account, but it can't happen where the work happens anymore. Number two, no paternalistic no more paternalistic benefits. For years, we've offered a fitness benefit, a wellness allowance, a farmer's market share, and continuing education allowances. They felt good at the time, but we've had a change of heart. 
It's none of our business what you do outside of work. And it's not Basecamp's place to encourage certain behaviors, regardless of good intention. By providing funds for certain things, we're getting too deep into nudging people's personal, individual choices. So we've ended these benefits. And as compensation paid employee full cash value for the benefits for this year. In addition, we've recently introduced a 10% profit sharing plan to provide direct compensation that people can spend on whatever they'd like, privately, without company, involvement, or judgment. Number three, no more committees. For our nearly 21 years of existence, we were proudly committee-free. No big working groups making decisions or putting formalized groupthink recommendations. No bureaucracy, but recently a few sprung up. No longer. We're turning things back over to the person or people who were distinctly hired to make these decisions. The responsibility of DEI returns to Andrea, our head of people ops. The responsibility for negotiating use restrictions and moral quandaries returns to me and David. A longstanding group of managers called the small council will be disbanded. And when we need advice or counsel, we'll ask individuals with direct experience rather than predefined groups at large. Back to basics, individual responsibility, back to work. Number four, no more lingering or dwelling on past decisions. We've become a bit too precious with our decision-making over the past few years, either by wallowing in indecisiveness, worrying ourselves into overthinking things, taking on a defensive posture, and assuming the worst outcome is the likely outcome. Putting too much energy into something that only need a quick fix inadvertently derailing projects when casual suggestions were take, are taken as essential imperatives or rehashing decisions in different forms or mediums. It's time to get back to making calls, explaining why once, and moving on. Number five, and this is good for us HR people, no more 360-degree reviews. Employee performance use, reviews used to be straightforward. A meeting with your manager or team lead, direct feedback, recommendation for improvement, then a few years ago, we made it We made it hard, worse really. We introduced 360s, which required peers to provide feedback on peers. The problem is, and this is absolutely God's truth, the problem is peer feedback is often positive and reassuring, which is fun to read, but not very useful. Amen, brother. Assigning peer surveys uh, started <laughs> to feel like assigning busy work. Manager employee feedback should be uh, flowing pretty freely back and forth through the year. No need to add performative paperwork on top of natural interaction. So we're done with 360s too. Number six, not forgetting what we do here. We make project management, team communication, and email software. We're not a social impact company. Our impact is contained to what we do and how we do it. We write business books, blog a ton, speak regularly. We open source software. We give back an inordinate amount to our industry given our size, and we're damn proud of it. Our work plus that kind of giving should occupy our full attention. We don't have to solve deep societal problems, chime in publicly whenever the world requests our opinion on major issues of the day, or get behind one movement or another with time or treasure. These are all important topics, but they're not our topics at work. They're not what we collectively do here. Employees are free to take up whatever cause they want, support whatever movements they'd like, and speak out on whatever horrible speak up on whatever horrible injustices are being perpetrated on the group and that. And unfortunately, there are too many to choose from, but that's their business, not ours. We're in the business of making software, a few tangential things that touched that edge. We're responsible for ourselves. That's more than enough for us. 
This may look like a compression, reduction, and elimination. It goes on. I'm going to continue reading. But essentially, th those are his six points. He wanted to change the company. And the backlash on social media was insane. I, I don't know if I'd go far as insane. It was incredible. People just went off that they're, you know, now went from this cool, hor cool company to this horrible uh, company. But I, I don't see the, the problem with any of these things. And I, uh, you and I go down the one, two, three, four, five, six lists and see where the problem is. Number one, no more social and political discussions on our company base camp account. I don't have any problems with that. Good. <laughs> good. 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 Yeah, exactly. We're yep. keep, keep it at home. Keep all of those things at home. Next. And they yeah, say on their next. base camp account. <laughs> okay. And they like, even yeah. tell you you can have them elsewhere, but not on their base camp account. So yeah. no problems. Yep. The number two, no pr more paternalistic benefits. So it sounds like they're cutting their fitness and their wellness and their farmer's market share, whatever the hell that is. I guess here's some money to go spend at a sh farmer's market. I have no clue. Uh, uh, continuing education allowances. But they took that away. They're giving them the cash value of that plus a 10% profit sharing plan. Sounds like a win to me. I, okay. I'll, I'll yeah, take it. I'll take it. No more committees. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> less Does meetings, less, less committees. Meetings? Okay. Uh, amen. <laughs> yeah. Turn your DEI to an HR person. Yes. Yep. Exactly. Good. Yeah. No, yeah, no good. problems there. And the owners want to be responsible for all the decision making. God bless them. That's what owners do. So I, I, hmm. I don't have a problem with that. Uh, number four, no lingering on past decisions. You know, the, does I, I I don't know. Hindsight's twenty twenty. I think my decisions all the time. I can't remember <laughs> yesterday to know what decisions I made. I have to be reminded by somebody. Oh, that's true. What I what I oh, eat for breakfast? Yeah, this I morning? did do that. That was a good decision, wasn't it? Oh, it wasn't. Okay, <laughs> moving on. But no, yeah, and I think a little don't exactly. don't dwell. Learn from it. Move and on. I think that's a, a big problem with a lot of people today and their whiningness and their, you know, their entitlement thought that they want to dwell on everything and make everybody have a long discussion over it. You know, life sucks sometimes and you got to get over it and move on. <laughs> but it wasn't my fault, Warren. Okay. It wasn't my fault. <laughs> the, the plane crashing wasn't my fault either, but I still died. You know? <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Uh, so I don't know. Probably edit that one out. <laughs> uh, no more 360 reviews. I mean, I wish I had a, I, I applaud like you. a hallelujah I applaud chorus you. sound bite to put in here. Makes absolutely great sense. Uh, give who if we find if we find sponsorship, we can add um, like <laughs> yeah, sound get, mixing. Get us some sponsors so we can afford a mixing <laughs> board uh, to go with our. Uh, you want to sponsor us? <laughs> yeah, uh, let us know. <laughs> We'll get the Hollywood chorus in the background every time we're like, yeah, you made a fucking smart decision <laughs> for once. Good job. And then um, in the number six. Gold star. Gold star. Not forgetting what they do. They're, they're focusing on what their company is. And they're basically saying all this political and social justice conversation is taken away from their work. And uh, uh, they want to get focused back on business. So. I mean, it's pretty simple. No one, no one is saying you can't have 
political to, I mean, like all these things they're saying you can yeah. go do that but do it on your own time we're here to do we're here to do what the company is supposed to do okay let's do it and you've got the rest of your hours in your life yeah. to go do the rest of the stuff this all sounds yeah, I, I don't see okay problem, and i don't see why social media like i said said that this was such an evil bad thing so uh i i did some research and one of my i've I haven't referenced her in a long time, but Susan Lucas, the evil HR lady, uh, she wrote, it's not, not about politics. It's about adulthood. Exactly. It's about adulthood. Grow up. You know, these are, mm-hmm. you know, grow up, basically. You don't have to go too much further. That's, period. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> it's about <Yeah>, adulthood. <laughs> the Verge, they had a couple of articles on it. But from The Verge, they wrote, the move was received uh, to employees. The move was received more as a shift to willful ignorance about the world around them and about the lived experiences of the employees who ex- who occupied it. And I don't understand that at, really at all. But, uh, you know, it's going they're basically shifting from that. Bring your whole self to work to just come in and do your fucking job and get out. <laughs> but and we're going to get, still pay you well yeah. and treat you well, it looks like. So I, I don't know. The next, another article also by The Verge uh, reported a few days later. Basecamp reported yesterday, we offered a, everyone at Basecamp an option of a severance package worth up to six months for those who've been with the company over three years and three months of salary for those at the company less than that. No hard feelings, no questions asked. For those who cannot see a future at base camp under this new direction, we'll even help them in every which way we can to land somewhere else. And The Verge went on and they posted some tweets by uh, employees in various positions saying, today was my last day at base camp and da-da-da-da-da. You know, that that's being extremely generous. You don't, They're basically telling you, okay, you don't want to be here. If you don't want to be here, we don't want you here. Here's some money. Get out. And... I love that. Is that takes all these sour apples, moves them on, and I personally think the next step is probably when people start getting all sour appley on uh, on the the employer. It's like, okay, you had that the chance. Now, I'm sorry, you're you're gone. And it's been reported also in Verge that uh, about a third of them have resigned from their their positions at base camp. So, I, I just. I find this is a very good practice, uh, you know, and the only thing I've been able to find that sort of suggests that this is not some of the, the reason for the, the backlash to it is that, you know, for 20 years before, even the employers, they would get involved in all sorts of social justice issues. They'd make their opinions on political statements. They even had uh, a mayor that was running for, I forget which town, used their offices as a campaign headquarters. So they, in the past, they've just been really, I, I don't know if the word is woke, but they've been really involved in various things and put their money and actions behind it. Now that's disappearing. Uh, I think that's what the the crux of the matter is. But do you go to work for that? I, I don't know. I, I, I think not. I I don't talk politics with anybody at work currently. Uh, I, I talk politics with just my very closest friends. And thank God I'm not one of those. <laughs> no, honestly, we don't talk politics that often. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, nope, I, we don't. And nobody. <laughs> I know for an absolute fact, nobody, left, right, other, 
likes my politics. And that's why I usually keep it to myself. You don't need to come to work. I don't need, you can support all the causes you want in the world and more power to you for it, but you don't have to support them at work and be disrupting work. I, that's what it seems like work got disrupted and they wanted to make a correction. So yeah, that that's all I had for uh, today with the, uh, that was a lot, and I, yeah, I was a lot. Uh, you know, I'm I was looking for examples of bad employers, and then the space camp thing came up. I'm like, oh, let me read it, and I, I, I got into it. And I was like, what? This, this isn't a bad employer. Why? Why is the drama? And I, I still don't see it. But good, good for them. So, anything, anything new or noteworthy going on in your world? No, I think we covered a lot today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> we did. And we've uh, gone a little longer than I thought, but I can do some magical editing. So that's all I, we've got for today. Once again, please go on uh, your podcast player and leave us a review. And if you leave us a review, give us, give us some feedback. Give us the commentary behind it. And, you know, we'll we still we, we still won't talk politics. So um, we still won't talk politics, <laughs> even even with a comment that says talk politics. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. Oh, I, I, that's all we got for today. Feathers, have you got a best practice for us? Yeah, I got a little one. I mean, I, I don't know how jaded it is. It's just, I guess, something that's been on my mind recently is when a manager comes to me and just says, I want to give them a spot bonus. Well, that's great. It's, it's wonderful, but no. Like, what really motivates that person? Like, have you, what really do you know about that person? Do you know what their, their career goal looks like? Do you know anything other than they did really well on this job or on this particular project? I'm going to give them a spot bonus. You know, spot bonuses work. I don't disagree with them, but in the grand scheme of things, is it really going to lock that employee in and keep that employee there? No. Best thing you Not can do. Term. Best thing you can do is get to know your employees, understand what motivates them, figure it out, set some plans together. Don't do a three sixty evaluation; those are dumb. <laughs> uh, but no, just don't always throw money at the problem. The money throw the problem, we always know, is not the long term fix. Figure out the long term fix. Money down the drain. Yep. Amen. Want to put our thank yous out there to the underscore orchestra for the use of our theme song "Devil with the Devil," and also thank you to the great voice artists. Andrew Kolpa for our disclaimer. And so once again, I'm Warren Workman. And this is Chris Feathers. And we're helping you survive HR one what the fuck moment at a time. <laughs>